This is Billy Corbin, director of Cocaine Cowboys and the 30 for 30s, The You and Broke. And there's nothing we love in Miami more than driving cruise control with no hands, steering with our knee, and not using turn signals, which is kind of what it's like listening to the Cruise Control Podcast with my man, Randy Cruz. Hey, welcome back to the Cruise Control Podcast here on iTunes and SoundCloud.com. If you have not downloaded, subscribed, liked the podcast on either iTunes or SoundCloud, we really appreciate you doing that and encourage you guys to do so. Um, again, iTunes, SoundCloud, check us out, Cruise Control Podcast. Give us a shout. I'm on Twitter at Randy J. Cruz, R-A-N-D-Y, the letter J-C-R-U-Z. Let us know your thoughts on the podcast. So today, Thursday, August 25th, 2016, here live in New York City, going to be reviewing Raw and SmackDown with my guy, Graham Matthews. He's on Twitter at WrestleRant. He does great work for Bleacher Report, HiddenRemote.com, as well as WhatCulture.com. Grant, what's up, my man? How you doing? Doing good, Randy. How about yourself? Doing good. Can't complain. We're just uh, going through a, a, a heavy week of professional wrestling with NXT, SummerSlam, Raw, SmackDown. I, I think it's a lot of hours to be watching wrestling. I'm a big wrestling fan, but uh, I think now it being Thursday, I think it's time to, to cool off and cool down, uh, take a step back, and not watch wrestling until Monday. Yes, I agree. It's been a long few days from Saturday's takeover to Tuesday's SmackDown or Wednesday's Thursday with Classic NXT. It's been a long few days for wrestling, but as you said, I second that statement. I'm, I'm really waiting until Monday for wrestling. So, Grant, first question right off the bat. Um, SummerSlam was too long. It was a... Uh, uh, what, four or five hours. Uh, I, I, I'm not going. I'm not going to review any of that. But just let you know, SummerSlam is too long. I know they try to make it the, the WrestleMania of the summertime. But I think when you're in the Barclays Center, uh, for five, six hours watching one pay per view, um, knowing that you just, you know, people, fans were there the night before for NXT for for two and a half, and I think that's a very long time to have the fans sit down and just try to, be cheering the whole night. Oh, definitely. Where there's a lot of people, myself included, you as well, that were there for Saturday and Sunday SummerSlam, even Monday's Raw. So it seemed like there was a lot to ask from the Brooklyn crowd for three straight days. I mean, all shows were good to great, but like you said, SummerSlam, I know it's the WrestleMania of the summer, but at four hours long and then a two-hour kickoff, it was way, way more unnecessary than it needed to be. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. What they had, uh, 13 matches in total, and, you know, a two-hour kickoff. And I'm like, I think, you know, maybe WrestleMania should be the only pay-per-view worth being four hours. Um, I know they also have a two-hour kickoff show, but, you know, that's that's WrestleMania. But SummerSlam, I know, is one of the big original four pay-per-views. I know what they're trying to do. But at the same time... You know, uh, trying to keep a, uh, a, a crowd like Brooklyn to sit down and just chill for six hours watching wrestling, you know, for, for that long. And not much is really happening, you know, no special appearances, no comebacks, no... I mean, the matches were okay, but I, I think overall, from the, you know, it, it, you know the experience-wise, uh, maybe they should do a better job. Maybe only one-hour kickoff ne- uh, next year. Dim it down to, to, to three and a half hours. It does not have to be four, but 
you know, I, I think they should uh, shy away just a little bit from it being the, the, the summertime WrestleMania and keep and keep WrestleMania being the only four-hour pay-per-view. SummerSlam, the last couple of years, pretty much a lot of the time over the past 20 years or so, actually, is that SummerSlam has been better than WrestleMania more often than not. I don't know if you can see that with this year's installment, but I feel like what makes SummerSlam better than WrestleMania is the fact that it's not four or five hours. This year's SummerSlam, you can't really say that for because it just it just it was just that long. It was just as long as WrestleMania was. But um, I, I feel like the whole mentality about getting everyone in the card at once with 13 matches, regardless of whether it's on the kickoff or main show, whatever, is just so dumb. I mean, I, I respect the fact that everyone's getting a payday, but I don't like the fact that it's dragging on the night way too long or a lot longer than needed to be. And it's just, I mean, there's a lot of those matches that were all right, but they didn't need to happen. Like the six-woman tag team match, which was all right, I actually thought it was pretty good. Um, but it didn't need to be on the card. You know, they, they, they try to cram everyone in the four-hour show, but it did not need to be like, you should earn your spot. So, um, yeah, three-hour show next year with no kickoff would be a lot better, in my opinion. Definitely, man. Uh, but, you know, overall, I, I did get a chance to see you and, and, and some other people there, uh, which was great. Uh, people that, that follow me on Twitter and, or, or vice versa, it was always uh, good to catch up with them throughout Barclays Center. Um but we did have Raw and SmackDown after that. Uh, we had Talking Smack after that. So right off the jump, um, I'm gonna I'm 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 gonna scatter a little bit between Raw and SmackDown. Uh, just maybe maybe talk about the main points. But Talking Smack after SmackDown, we had um, Daniel Bryan and The Miz go off in this. I don't know a a work promo, a shoot promo, a 50-50 promo. That had everybody talking on, on on Tuesday night on Twitter about whether it was real. Miz went off. Miz had the promo of the year, and I missed it. Cause I was doing a separate show, and I'm like, let me go check this out. When I saw it, I was like, oh wow! Like Miz either really went off, or him and Daniel Bryan really perfected that promo to a T, where it has the wrestling people, the fans. Wondering if 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 that was really real. So one, what was your take on the promo by the Miz? Um, I'm pretty sure he had some valid points. You know, maybe you know maybe Daniel Bryan started the whole thing. And um, do you think that there's any merit to what was being said? Is it real? Is it fake? Or uh, well, not as fake, but it, it, is it a work? Or do you think that um, they played it off correctly and now? us fans are like, what's going to happen next week? Well, I don't usually watch Talking Smack, but I did see you. Actually, you were the first one that tweeted about it that I saw my timeline. You were saying the Miz was underrated. And I'm like, I absolutely agree. Mm-hmm. I did not know it was in reference to that promo. And I saw a whole bunch of other people tweeting about it. Someone was like, you need to see this promo, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So I tuned into it. And I enjoy everything Miz does. But that promo was just unreal. And again, people, the number one question in everyone's mind right now, was it a work? Was it a shoe? I think it's a work shoe. I think it's a lot like the Punk's pipe bomb from five years ago where they probably told him, hey, go out there and go, you know, vent your frustrations or whatever. And they probably not scripted it, but they probably gave him a couple key points that they wanted him to hit upon. But the passion that he showed and the fire in his eyes was 100% real. Like, you could definitely tell from the way that he was delivering his lines. This was not a typical Miz promo, and he's a great talker as it is. But, you know, he tried that whole angry thing a couple years ago when he's put on the angry face and stuff. This was 100% real, fired off, you know, fired up, pissed off Miz, and I thought it was great. 
Um, but in terms of what he said and whether whether it was real or not, you know, it's had a lot of people talking. And uh, like I said, I don't think it's building to a Daniel Bryan Miz match or an angle or anything. Someone asked me about that. I mean, they just did it just to get people talking. But um, I'd be disappointed if they didn't run with this promo on Tuesday. It's got almost a million views on YouTube. And if it was a 100% shoe, like if it was a total shoe, you can, if you really rewatch it, like the camera angles in there and stuff like that, you can kind of tell it was not planned planned, but they kind of knew what to expect. Like Brian walking off was, I, I prefer, I would think planned, just because when he walked off, the camera shot was already backed up to show that he was walking out. So I thought that was kind of, uh, not fake, but it was already planned ahead of time. But still, I'm not trying to take one in the pro, but I thought it was awesome. And like I said, Mrs. character is great anyway, but as it currently is, but they have to run with this promo. He's getting so much mainstream buzz from around the wrestling universe right now and um, really kind of take off and become that great IC champion that we can be. Yeah, that night um, I did tweet out that The Miz is underrated um, as a talker, as, as a promo guy. He's been a five-time you know, intercontinental champion. That tends to be a little bit underrated. Um, the work rate can go underrated because, like he said in that promo, is that he's been there 10 years, um, been consistent with the work, not injured. And even if he was injured, you probably won't even hear about it or he's out just a few days, a week. But he said... He's never been injured. He's never been out six months to a year like the you know like the other superstar guys. So he's been he's been the one constant worker there. And I guess the way he was talking and yelling on on Tuesday was like maybe like you said it, it it's a shoot work promo where what he's saying means a lot to him and it just boiled up fed up uh, feelings from from back in the day until now. And they just said, Miz, just just say how you feel and take it from there. And then I, I guarantee you, once they probably when they went off the air, they was like, wow, man, you know, that that shit looks so real. Like now everybody's going to be talking about it. And, and, and that's what that's what we're doing now. We're like, oh, wow. Not only do I have to watch Smackdown. Now I got to watch Talking Smack because I want to see if a if they're going to prolong this angle or B, what else is going to happen? Because I read on um, Bleacher Report before I came on here and they're saying, saying that the, they, they, they want to try to run with this angle about other wrestlers, you know, including The Miz, calling Daniel Bryan out for not wrestling anymore and see where it goes because they, maybe the door is slightly open for a one more Daniel Bryan match against who we, we don't know, but they want to tease this angle to see where it can go. But if, if they're going to do that and they started that on Tuesday with, with the Miz, I, I thought it was great. I thought it was fantastic. Everybody thought that was the promo of the year right now. He, he has that hands down, but I, I think it's good to see the, the Miz not saying out of character, but showing something where, you know, like I say, he's been underrated and the fans need to know that the Miz can work I, I, again, aside from, Main event in WrestleMania 27, which is probably the only, you know, whatever on his resume um, as, as champion. But all that aside, the Miz has been a, a fantastic worker. He has been. I mean, more so on the mic than in the ring. The guy's not an amazing wrestler. But like you said, he made a great point in that he's the type of guy that never gets hurt. In the 10 years, in the decade plus that he's been with this company, 
He's never been hurt, and that's because of his style. He doesn't go out there and do flips and shit. He doesn't need to. That's the thing. I mean, it's so relevant right now, too, with Daniel Bryan retiring only six months ago. But, oh, my God, less than 48 hours removed from SummerSlam in that women's match, which was really, really good between Sasha and Charlotte. But they take so many unnecessary risks, like with Charlotte jumping outside the ring. And mm-hmm. uh, even in their first initial women's match, a couple of weeks ago we were talking about how some of the bumps they took were a bit unnecessary and risky and whatever else. And it's just, it doesn't, they don't need to do that to get a reaction. They've already proved to people that they can go, they can have great matches, and they can do that without, you know, putting their bodies at risk. And that's how people get hurt. That's how they shorten their careers. Biggie's no different. Thank God they didn't do it on Monday or, uh, I don't think he did it at all. No, he wasn't really there at SummerSlam, but um, Biggie's spear through the ropes, which is also super dangerous. And thank God that. Thank God they, uh, he stopped doing that on a regular basis. But what you said is so true. People don't really think about it like that. The Miz's style, he's not really all that flashy in the ring, but he makes up for it in character work by having Maurice by his side and et cetera, et cetera. So um, I completely agree with what he said. I don't know if it's leading to another Daniel Bryan match. I would love it to, obviously. Um, I guess we'll see where it goes. That would be cool if it does lead to another match from Daniel Bryan. Um, but hopefully, if so, hopefully he was in on the comments made on Tuesday. Like I said, it looked like it was planned to me in terms of him walking off. But I really hope Miz didn't say that, and he wasn't really in on it, and they were just trying to make Daniel, Daniel Bryan feel bad, which would suck just because he retired a mere six months ago. It was hard for him to keep coming even back to the company in an on-air role. So I guess we'll see where it goes. Now, you mentioned two people, which you know um, is going to let me segue to that direction. You mentioned Charlotte. And New Days, uh, I mean, um, Big E. So I'm, I'm going to mention Big E first. Um, the New Day became, you know, tag team champions for over a year, one reign. Uh, on Monday, they did not lose the belts at SummerSlam, which I thought they were to, to the club. And um, I assume they're going to be defending those tag team championships against the club at the Clash of Champions pay-per-view. Um, again, this happened on Raw. Uh, do you see the fact that the New Day will, will eventually finally lose the tag team championships against the club at the Clash of Champions? I think they might. I mean, a lot of people are thinking that um, before Raw started on Monday, they were going to drop the belts to the club on Monday. Obviously, that didn't happen. But it depends what direction they take the feud in. Just because they lost, not clean, but um, they, lost, or they won to be at DQ at SummerSlam. And then Carl Anderson lost clean on Raw. So I'm not exactly sure where the angle's supposed to be going. Maybe they are going to a rematch of the Clash of Champions Day for next month. I would really hope so, just because the food's been all right, and I would love to see the club be the one to take the titles off for New Day. Um, but I would think so. I mean, the club, like I said, they lost clean on Raw, but then they got their heat back later on in the night by attacking the W Boys. We'll see where it goes. But um, I would imagine they will be the team to take the titles off of New Day the next pay-per-view, unless Jericho comes in, or Jericho, rather, come in, and they take the titles off them in the next pay-per-view. Now we have brand new SmackDown tag team titles. Um, I like them. They're different. Um, you know me, I, I was never a fan of the Big Penny-looking tag team titles on Raw. Now you have a navy blue strap with silver, like a, like a big dime or big nickel. Um, to me, it's different. They also introduced on Tuesday on SmackDown Live, the new SmackDown Women's Championship, same as the one on Raw, but with blue leather inside. So, I know, you know, me and you were at SummerSlam on Sunday, and the fans totally ripped the, 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 the you know, Universal Championship, felt there was too much, too, too much red, or they did not really 
take time into the whole design. I'm not really into how belts look. I, I feel like the Universal title is is not that great looking, but looking at the SmackDown titles, they do look a lot better. What's your take on all three brand new belts? They do look better, the SmackDown titles. I mean, we've been talking about this for weeks, um, about how they might introduce two new you know, new women's titles and tag team titles, which is good they did because they deserve a title over on the blue brand. Um, as far as the designs go, they're not bad. I'm not in love with them, but I... Making the women's title and the tag team titles from Raw, doing the same thing but just making them blue, I kind of get it just because blue is SmackDown's color, but at the same time, I feel like they should have their own distinct-looking titles, like their right. own unique set of championships. Like, if you had this 10 years ago, I don't know if you had people complaining then, probably, but um, 10 years ago, we had separate tag team titles. We had the World Tag Team titles for Raw and the WWE Tag Team titles for SmackDown. They're two very different belts. Two, you know, they're not the exact same belts, just different colors. Um, two very different designs, and two great designs. That I'm not saying bring those belts back. I wouldn't be opposed to it. Uh, but I mean, again, they're not bad. I just feel like they should have been more unique with it. The Universal Championship. I've, I've said this since Sunday. It's not an ugly looking title. I just think it's unoriginal. That WWE title, basically, just with a red strap. They're just getting lazy with the uh, with the colors and whatnot and whatever else. So I, I, and again, it's not ugly. I don't think the match deserved all the chance that it got on Sunday. That's a whole other issue for another day between Balor and Rollins on Sunday. Um, but I feel like it could have been more, you know, uh, unique with it, more creative with the design for the Universal Championship. And also, you know, I mean, I would hope that, you know, people got over the ugly, quote-unquote ugly, you know, there was a lot of complaints about that within days or, you know, within a few hours, and that was it. And then the Universal title name got a lot of hate. People got over that in like a day. Hopefully we get over this. Probably not as quickly, but um, hopefully soon. So because having you know people chanting for the bell and how ugly it is during matches doesn't do anyone any favors. I I wonder what the reaction was oh, 10, 10 years ago when the spinner bell came out. I wonder what the crowd's <laughs> reaction was, you know, to the spinner U.S. title, then the spinner... You know, heavyweight championship was was the crowd in favor of it? Was, was like my thing is nowadays we're, we're so <clears throat> we're so much focused on what the belts look like as opposed to who's fighting in the ring. Where in the crowd, I'm pretty sure you you know you you know you were there. You had Seth Rollins and, and Finn Balor, a a a freaking dream match in the middle of the ring right there on a WWE pay per view, and the crowd is worried about what the belt looks like and it's like okay yeah i get it after a minute but you know every five minutes they're chanting this and this belt sucks and you know every time the camera went to show the belt they started booing i'm like you know i again a fan can you know say and probably do what they want because they paid their own ticket to be there and they're entitled they're entitled to, to their own opinion but you know graham like finn balor and seth rollins in the same ring same time in a WWE on a pay-per-view for a championship. I mean, like I said, that that's a freaking dream match, but some fans are just more, you know, enamored about what the belt looks like. Yeah, that was disappointing. I tried to enjoy the match regardless. I thought it was a pretty good match, but people chanting for the freaking belt design was annoying throughout the match. It was cute for like two seconds when they chanted, this belt sucks to see this theme song and new belt sucks, the New Day theme song or their chant, whatever. Yeah. It was 
funny for like two seconds, and then when it got to like the ten minute mark of the match, and you're still doing it, that was a bit ridiculous. It was disrespectful to Balor and Rollins. Like you said, I could see the argument that people pay their money to be there, whatever. Um, they could chant what they want, but it kind of ruined the match. I tried to enjoy it. My buddy John, who was there with me, he could not enjoy the match at all. He said it ruined the match for him, and it felt bad um, because the chants were annoying. But um, like you said, I can only imagine what the reaction was. If, like the IWC was as strong as it is right now on the internet, and if Twitter was around back, then I would love to see the reaction to the spinner bell. There were people behind me during the match on Sunday between Bauer and Rollins that were saying, oh, this is even worse than the spinner bell, which is 100% false. The spinner belt was one of the worst-looking titles I've ever seen, with the exception of John Cena holding it. Other than that, it was a piece of shit. And I can't believe people are comparing this to that. I mean, it's only a red strap. Like I said, it's not an ugly-looking title. It's just unoriginal. But I'll get over it in like a week if they move on from it. It's not that big of a deal. They should change it, I agree, but it's not that big of a deal where I'll be chanting during you know, the matches whenever, I, whenever the title is being contested for. So is someone, is someone put in front of you the Spinner U.S. title, Spinner heavyweight title, and the new Universal title right in front of you, which one are you going to pick up? Universal. Universal, easily, just because I know the red strap is amazing. It's not, like, beautiful or anything, but the Spinner shit was just so... I'm not a fan of it at all. I just thought it was so... Kid-like, it was so juvenile. It's, it does not look like a red strap. <laughs> so the red strap is, it's you know, the little things, it's a gripe of mine, but it's, the spinner shit was just awful. I, I don't know, Grant. I think it's probably the first time we, we are, we're going to disagree because <laughs> I, I like I like the spinner belt to a degree. I, you know, trying to rewind 10 years ago, what was going on in music and pop culture at the time was spinning gold chains, you know, the it thing you know not to quote jericho but that was it back then and the belt the belt that, i'm gonna tell you about this i'll tell you this the belt that i was not a fan of was the wwe championship that the one that that jbl had that looking okay, the one that they had for like a short time as the undisputed title you mean right see that's the belt i'm like no i mean uh, all-time favorite the, the the wing eagle belt hands down there's no debate but to me the worst or maybe not a favorite of mine was the one that jbl had and kurt angle and brock lesnar on that smackdown brand that belt would i take that belt or the spinner belt i i might have to go with the spinner belt i don't know that's a tough one i didn't hate <laughs> that belt i might have to go with the other one i didn't love the other one but like you said i think we can definitely agree that the wing eagle was the best one they ever had Absolutely. Um, speaking of the uh, the new tag titles and new women's titles, uh, we're gonna have a six pack challenge at um at Backlash and the culmination of the tag team tournament at Backlash for the new SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Um, you know, Heath Slater got it. He he finally got a tag partner in Rhino. I have no idea if Rhino is really serious about being the tag team uh, partner for him. We'll see how that goes, but at least we get more Heath Slater on TV. Um, what direction do you see the tag team tournament going into? Because, you know, there's there's a flip side to it where a lot of fans might feel like American Alpha might win, but you just don't want to shove American Alpha down everybody's throat so quick where, like, if they're the favorites, you don't want to cater to them so quick. So... Are they going to run away with the belts, or do you see something happening when they, they make it to the finals at Backlash, but somebody else defeats them, like Uso is turning heel or somebody else? 
I'd be fine with that. I'd be fine with Usos winning as long as they went heel. Like, if, if you have them win and beat American Alpha clean to win the belts and nothing else happens, a la Ziggler and Ambrose from Sunday, that would be very disappointing just because the Usos, not that they're awful, they're really good wrestlers, obviously, but they're very stale. They need to go heel. And I feel like the only way, I mean, they're already getting booed pretty much, but if they were to attack American Alpha or cheat to win, they're going to get mega heat, and that would be what actually turns them heel. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'd be fine with the Usos winning. I, I'm fine also with the, with the American Alpha winning the tag team championships right from the get-go. I guess we'll see, but um, either scenario works for my like, you know, works for me personally. <laughs> Graham, when was the last time you chanted Uso in the crowd? When was the last time you did that? <laughs> it's been in a the crowd or at home? When was the last time you chanted Uso? Extreme Roll, SummerSlam, TLC. They've been booed out of the building. And I blame <laughs> Roman Reigns. This alliance with them pretty much made them certified heels in the eyes of fans. So that's what I blame is the reason why they're getting booed right now. Now, do you think there will be a sort of, uh, you know, no pun intended, a little backlash if American Alpha just wins the belts and basically runs the table? Do, do you feel like, you know, that push could be kind of quick? I mean, obviously, they're doing the same thing with, with Finn Balor on Raw before mm-hmm. he got hurt. So is American Alpha winning the belts on at Backlash good for them? Or do you feel like they would, you know, them chasing the belts is a better Thing to watch on television? That's a good question. I think, again, either works. I'm fine them winning and then taking the titles just because they are ready. It's not like, oh, they're, they're a great team. They have potential, but they're not quite there yet. Um, they're there. They were there six months ago. So if they won the tag team titles today or these tag team titles, whatever, no one would bat an eyelash just because they are that damn good. I feel like, even with Ballard, like you make a great point that He's not getting booed, but there are people online, even before his push started, people are calling him boring. I don't approve of him getting a, a shot above, above everyone else. But I just feel like with Balor, he's ready. Like when Roman Reigns got his world title push two, three years ago, the guy was not ready. And that's why he's still being booed to this day. Balor, in my mind, is ready. It has nothing to do with him being an indie guy or whatever. He's just a star. Roman Reigns is not there yet. American Alpha are also stars. So, again, if Usos win the tag titles and American Alpha is in chase mode, I'm fine with that culminating a big, you know, title victory for them at No Mercy or Survivor Series or Roadblock, whatever the December pay-per-view is. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, bottom line, and Usos and American Alpha feud works for me, and the match should be just phenomenal. All right. We're chatting with Graham Matthews. He's on Twitter at WrestleRant. Uh, feature columnist for Bleacher Report and Hidden Remote and What Culture. Um, Monday we saw the the debut of Bailey. Uh, we kind of figured that was going to happen sooner or later because for those who were at NXT or saw NXT, she basically had her last match there, losing to Oscar. Um, Oscar and Sasha Banks gets hurt. She has to, uh, well not has to, but she lost the belt to Charlotte. At SummerSlam on Sunday, and the roster was looking a little thin without you know, w- w- uh, with no Sasha, no Paige, with the uh, suspension. So now they bring up Bailey, and again, just like Alpha, just like Finn Balor, do you think that they're gonna rush Bailey to the top of the mountain and and defeat Charlotte? Or do you feel like she needs to wait a little bit, go against the you know whoever else is on that roster first before we get to Charlotte? Yeah, the thing with Bailey is that I think, again, she's a star and she was ready a year ago to win the women's title. 
But I think with her, she benefits from being in chase mode. She was a great women's champion when she was in possession of the title, but she's the kind of character that, you know, get even the people that aren't familiar with her, which isn't many people at this point, but the main roster audience that isn't already familiar with her, I feel like she'll win those people over by being in chase mode. She was in chase mode, so to speak, for the NXT Women's Championship for almost two years before she finally won it last year. I'm not saying we need to wait that long before giving her the women's title on, on Raw or whatever, but, um, yeah, I feel like giving her the belt as soon as Clash of Champions would be winning. And, again, I want to complain. I love Bailey, But if you really milk it out and have it culminate in the title win at WrestleMania, either against Charlotte again or a triple threat with Banks or one-on-one with Banks, or that, which I think is the money match, honestly, um, I think it would benefit her character even better. Now, question. If, if, if Sasha Banks is not injured, hypothetically, if, she's not, if she wasn't injured, is Bailey on Raw or is she on SmackDown? Yeah, I still say she's on Raw, just because Nikki Bella went to SmackDown, so if you put Bailey on SmackDown, too, I feel like SmackDown has a lot of great women. That's seven women for SmackDown. And even if Sasha wasn't injured or whatever, and she was still around, Paige is still gone. Like, she's still suspended for 30 days. So Raw actually needs more help with their women's division right now than SmackDown does. So I feel like she would have gone to Raw regardless. And you know what? Who would have thought? Because when they did the draft... You know, we you know we we were saying that, that Raw has a better, stronger women's division. They got Charlotte, they got Sasha Banks, they got Paige, they got the world title there. Now, a few weeks later, you just said, "Well, Raw needs more help in the women's division as opposed to SmackDown." Because we when you saw SmackDown, it was Becky Lynch, it was Carmella, um, Bliss, it was Naomi, and again, there was no title. But now, look how the table has turned, where Raw needs the star power in the in, in, in that division, and now you have to bring up Bailey from NXT, do the the feud with Charlotte. Which, you know, we'll see how long that goes, but I think the fact that Nikki Bella being back on SmackDown is good. Um, they turned Carmella heel on, on Tuesday, attacking Nikki Bella. Nikki called her the, the bootleg Nikki Bella. Uh, I, I, I thought it was good because every time Carmella came out, Grant, I felt like eight people clapped their hands, and maybe maybe they just not a, uh, a a fan of hers, or just don't know too much about her. And I think giving her this this heel run uh, will give her some attitude, some character. And again, again, you're going up against a, a former longtime diva champion. Why not in in, in Nikki Bella? So um, she's back. Nikki's on SmackDown. They turn Carmella. Bailey's on Raw. Uh, trying to go up against Charlotte. So I guess the women's division looks looks pretty good right now on both sides. Oh, definitely. I feel like we're just with SmackDown alone. I mean, Charlotte and Sasha have had a pretty good feud. But SmackDown, I mean, the same can be said for their entire roster. But they've been really making the most of what they have with the women that they have on their roster now with uh, Nikki Bella being back too. But even when they had Eva and she wasn't suspended, and you had everyone else, you have Alexa, Carmella, like you said, Naomi being back. They're giving every woman a character. They're having good matches, being given suitable time for their matches. They're having feuds between Becky and Eva. Becky has something going on with Natalia and as well as Alexa Bliss. Naomi's back, and you have all these other feuds going on. They're turning Carmella. So they have some pretty good stories on SmackDown. I mean, again, I think I might be going too far in saying they might be the new SmackDown 6 for the women on SmackDown, which is great. But they have good stories, like I said, good matches. So SmackDown's women's division is doing better. But like you said, Raw isn't doing half bad either, with Bailey being back or on the main roster anyway. Uh, Sasha's, you know, when she comes back, she'll be a star. You know, Charlotte, who has been hands down the women's wrestler of 2016, in my opinion, 
Then you have Nia Jax coming up, and you have Summer Rae and Fox. If they use them, Paige is suspended, but when she's back, they can use her. And I think she's injured anyway. But anyway, um, yeah, they have a pretty good women's roster on both ends. How epic and how heel would it be if they make Eva Marie not wrestle for like a full year like like she was staying back in 97? <laughs> that would be pretty great. If they come up with enough reasons, then it would be pretty golden. I don't trust this company. I don't put enough faith in this company for them to be that creative and hold off on Eva Marie not wrestling for a full year. But that would be pretty epic, I must admit. Finn Balor won the Universal Championship on Sunday at SummerSlam. He gets hurt, has to forfeit the title. Uh, I think he's going to be out maybe up to six months. Uh, speedy recovery for him. Now they do this this impromptu tournament with no brackets and whatever case may be that, that leads into a fatal four-way. So now a new Universal Champion is going to be crowned on Monday on Raw involving either Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, Big Cass, and Kevin Owens. Now, out of those four, who do you think the belt will be on Monday? Because to me, I don't think, I know it's not Big Cass, so that he's out the way. No, dis- no yeah. disrespect. Um, Reigns, I, I, I would say no because he's still in this Rusev U.S. title mix, or, or unless they just totally forgot about that. Seth Rollins, maybe because, probably not for Seth because he did hurt the the former Universal Champion. So to me, not because I'm a fan of his, I think Kevin Owens walks out uh, on Monday with the world title or Universal title. What do you think? I don't know. For some reason, I just maybe it's my cat, my spec, my skepticism with WWE, but I honestly think it's going to be Roman Reigns. I mean, like you said, they might just no. forget about the Rusev feud, but I feel like they would do that just to sacrifice putting the belt on Roman Reigns. Because you know that he would have been the second choice to be a champion had um, Balor not been called up. That was the original plan. I believe the original plan was to do Jericho Balor at SummerSlam and then do Rollins and Reigns had, you know, Reigns not fucked up. Obviously he did by getting suspended. So they did that match instead. Um, but they'll probably put the belt on them anyway. The real question is that what match do you do at Clash of Champions? And not that I really want to see it, but I can't see them. Honestly, I really see them. I, I don't really see them doing anything else. I can see them doing um, uh, Rollins and Reigns again at Clash of Champions. Rollins winning next week or Reigns winning next week, and then doing the two of them for the belt at Clash of Champions. And then what do you do in Rusev? Maybe you do Big Cass in Rusev, because Big Cass technically beat Rusev on Monday's Raw. So maybe they do that. But I feel like I don't really want to see him in the U.S. title picture right now. Still with Enzo, and then Jericho, or yeah, and you know, Jericho is still a thing. So, I mean, I would love to see KO win. But again, a lot like with everyone else in this match, other than Rollins, he has something going on with Jericho right now, which should be a nice long-term thing. So I guess we'll see. But um, my money's on Roman Reigns as much as I do want Jericho to win. Now, oh, sorry, not Jericho, Kevin Owens. Right. Now, what I also read was that the original plan for Finn Balor going forward with the title was he was he was going to defend it at Clash of Champions against Kevin Owens, and I guess he would be victorious, and then Jericho would, would get involved into a triple threat match with Kevin Owens and Finn Balor at Hell in a Cell. So... I mean, obviously, Kevin Owens is, is in the mix. Now, I know with, with Balor going out, they have to rewrite everything uh, going forward because 
you know, Reigns was in this in in the world title mix the day after, and and everybody's like, well, what happened with with, with Rusev? Is he just totally negating the U.S. title now because everything happened with Balor? So I think a lot of things are changing on the fly, and like you said, and I'm you know you know what even going back, why why won't you just culminate a new champion at Clash of Champions. I mean, like, I, 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 I guess you want the ratings for Raw, and I understand that. But if you're gonna crown a new champion on Raw, then I think there's only one more Raw before Clash. If, if, if I'm not mistaken, so you have one week to really promote a match. I mean, the winner of this is gonna go to defend that title at Clash anyway. Why don't you just have the culmination of that Fatal Four Way be at the pay per view? I, I, I don't get it. Well, I guess they must have, I think they have two weeks, actually, or three weeks, three weeks, because I think Backlash is the 11th, mm. and then Clash is the next week, so they have three Raws left until the pay-per-view, but I think they don't want to do what they did with SummerSlam, because at SummerSlam, we had the qualifying matches on the first Raw for the pay-per-view, and then the crowning of the new champion at SummerSlam, so they might not want to repeat that same formula and wait until the next pay-per-view to crown another new champion, they might just want to get it out of the way. But like I said before, like, I don't know what match you do now. Like, okay, who wins on Monday? Regardless of who wins, what match do you do? And after, after hearing you say that, I had not heard that, that the original plan was Balor and Owens. And if that is true, then that makes me think that Owens might win on Monday. And when I hope he does, like I said, he's, I think he's one of the biggest beneficiaries of this brand split because he should have been a world champion yesterday. And I think the guy is really, really good. And he is capable of being a solid world champion on either show. So um, that being said, I could see him winning. And then, again, maybe you do, if you continue to do Reigns and Rusev and Owens wins on Monday, then who do you do against him? I mean, because, you know, Balor's out and Rollins is a heel, unless you turn him babyface. I don't know what the hell you do, honestly, at this point. But um, anyone but Roman Reigns is who I'm happy with. But just because we've already seen him as a three-time world champion in a matter of a year. And I don't want to see him win the belt for a fourth time in less than a year. Um, but yeah, now that you say that, maybe KO wins it on Monday. I really have no idea. Maybe that's part of the excitement. Yeah, I mean, like, really to, that's a clear-cut idea. You know what? To me, it makes sense. Have Kevin Owens wins on, uh, win on Monday. Jericho gets jealous. You know, does whatever for two weeks, and then it becomes Jericho and KO for the for the title at at, at um at Clash of Champions. I mean, I I really don't know who else you want to put you know put up there. Uh, Seth Rollins. Just fought at SummerSlam. He's he's now in a fatal four way. Everybody in America does, does not want Reigns. I think Big Cass is way too early. Who else on that roster? What Cesaro and Sheamus are in a best of seven that leads nowhere. Um, they can really say the winner of that gets a title shot at the following pay per view. They could do that. Um, so I I just think that it, to me, if I was booking, if I had the the pen. KO wins. Jericho, Jericho gets jealous because he wasn't in the Fatal Four Way. I know they're a tag team, but hey, just you know, he he he's gonna fuck around with him and you know try to get try to get that title shot. So, boom, right there. Because if if, if Seth if Seth wins, who does he fight at Clash? If Reigns wins, who does he clash? Uh, fight at Clash. So it's just you're trying to you're trying to think two three weeks ahead of time, and to me, just make it all make sense. Have KO win. And Y2J be the opponent for 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 Clash and, and and go forward with you know whatever after that. So I don't know, man. I just feel like it's it's, it's gonna be. You know, in, do you know what they're gonna do? 
They're going to do this. They're going to say, oh, we're going to crown a new universal champion here tonight at the season premiere of Monday Night Raw. Oh, God, no. I oh, hate when they th- say that. That's coming back. If not, if, if, not, if not Monday, it's the following Monday. They're going to say the season premiere oh. of, of Monday Night Raw. There you go. No. Now that you say that, I feel like, yeah, we are going to get a fuck finish or something on Monday. And then whoever it involves, probably Roman and Seth, they'll do the one-on-one match on the quote-unquote season premiere. Oh, I God. could totally see them doing that now that you said that. Yeah, after that, it's going to be the season premiere of SmackDown Live. Yeah, the season premiere. It's still, <laughs> it doesn't garner them any more ratings than it would have been called. It's not a season premiere because there's no... There's no seasons. They're on 24-7. They never miss a show. Graham, it makes no it's sense. So even if even if they did SmackDown Live season premiere in in September, how can you have a season premiere when you just debuted a, mo- a freaking month ago? Exactly. It just makes no sense. Obviously, as, as you know and everyone else knows, the only reason why they do that is to counteract the football ratings. It doesn't make a lick of a difference whatsoever. They're going to get hammered this year even more so than usual because ratings are even worse than usual and they've been in freaking years. But uh, still, anyway, I hope they don't do that. I can see them doing that. But I do like the KO Jericho idea. I mean, we were talking for the last couple of weeks. I was hoping that was a long-term deal with them as a tag team. But if Jericho's leaving sooner rather than later and they want to speed that up and turn one of them babyface, and now that I think about it, they might have to. You have all these great heels on Raw, but not so many babyfaces that are as credible. You have Reigns, you have Reigns, that's pretty much it. I mean, you have Sami Zayn, but the guy wasn't even at SummerSlam, you know what I mean? Like, for the heels, you have Jericho, KO, Rollins, Rusev, Sheamus, not really, but he's a nice little mid-card guy, and Cesaro's in that best of seven, too. But I would be fine if they put the belt on Owens and then turned him babyface and had a feud with Jericho and Rollins and whoever else. That makes the most sense to me. Well, they, they they better figure it out because I was looking online right now that Monday Night Football does not kick in until the 12th. So they have... Oh, okay. So I thought they were going to hold off with the actual winner of the, the Fatal 4-Way till the, the same day as, as, as football, but I don't think they're going to hold off three more weeks to crown a new champion. So, I mean, I was trying to think outside the box, but... Uh, I, I think a new champion will be crowned before football starts. Yeah, no, that's the go-home show anyway. They wouldn't wait that long at all, man, at least not at this point. Graham, I'll wrap it up with this. Uh, AJ Styles defeated John Cena at SummerSlam, and then he defeated Dolph Ziggler in a match on Tuesday that, you know, that he was already in the championship match against Dean Ambrose at Backlash, but... He had to beat Dolph Ziggler in order for it not to be a triple threat match. Now we have AJ Styles, Dean Ambrose for the World Championship at Backlash. Um, how do you see that match going? Do you think it's do you think it's time for AJ to win the belt? Are you a fan of Dean Ambrose as the World Champion? And what happens now with Dolph Ziggler? I'm glad they're doing the match of Backlash. I mean, I had that fear, and it wouldn't be bad, but I had the fear that we would have Ziggler win on Tuesday and make it a triple threat. That's fine, but it was so apparent to me on Sunday. I don't know about you, but the reaction that he got when he came out, the reaction to the match itself, no one gives a shit about this guy. And it sucks. He's a great wrestler, 
but his time was five years ago. We've been praising him for weeks in terms of, of his promo work, his character work, and they really had me think that, wow, maybe they're turning him heel, and they still might. They still might. You know, Styles cheated to beat him on Tuesday. You know, always say, like, fuck you, Styles. You know, being a babyface never, never gets me anywhere, and he goes heel. So maybe that's what he does. I don't know. But even then, you know, actually, you know, that I think about it, I was thinking about this yesterday or on Tuesday, whatever day it is, it's Thursday, I guess, right now, but uh, during SmackDown on Tuesday, Maybe Ziggler's the one to cost Ambrose the belt at the pay-per-view. They do Ziggler and Ambrose and Styles the next pay-per-view, and they break that off into a separate feud with Ziggler as the heel this time, and then they could do Styles and somebody else, and maybe Cena comes back. I'm not really sure, but um, there's a couple different possibilities. And I do agree. I, I like Ambrose as champion, but Styles is the guy who needs, not needs, but he should be world champion right now. The guy is the best thing going, not only on SmackDown, but one of the best things going in all of the company right now, he is that freaking good. That match was obviously the match of the night at SummerSlam. Him and Cena, one of the best matches I've ever seen live. Just incredible stuff. And I think it's time. I think it's time to put the belt on him. And again, like I said with Kevin Owens, Styles is another guy who can be a huge beneficiary of this brand split because he should be world champion yesterday. That's how good this guy is. And now that they have two separate world championships for both brands, he can finally become that world champion. He deserves to be in WWE. And I'm glad it's a WWE title and not the Universal title, because the WWE title has that lineage behind it. So, um, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to that. And, again, I would, I would put the belt on Styles at Backlash. But even if not that, maybe the subsequent pay-per-view, but the guy is that good that he should be world champion right now. So, Ambrose is good, but he's just not doing it for a lot of people right now, character-wise, anyway. Because the the next joint pay-per-view they'll have is uh, Survivor Series up in November. So uh, if they don't make the switch on a backlash, I'm thinking, like, would they hold off onto Survivor Series to make the, the, the title switch? But I think they have no mercy in between that. So um, I think AJ needs to have, um, <clears throat> needs to have the belt because I – I like Dean Ambrose, but I think him being the world champion maybe just doesn't do it for me. Um, I don't know whether it's the the in ring uh, in ring work he does, him being too comedic and not being serious all the time, and I just think that AJ Styles is the best wrestler on that roster. And why not have him be the world champion? Like you said, have him be the WWE champion and not the universal champion. I think that that speaks volumes right there. So, um, just, you know, for, for them to have faith in AJ to, to take that torch and carry the company on his back. But to me, if you tell me AJ or Dean Ambrose, I mean, listen, AJ already lost to, to Reigns on Raw, you know, for, for, for the world title back on Payback and whatever pay-per-view that was. So... To him, for him to lose against Dean Ambrose, I know he, he you know, he never fought Rollins one on one, but for him to lose against Dean Ambrose, I don't think it makes sense unless there's a false finish. Ziggler comes out, interferes, and you get a triple threat or something. I don't know. Whatever happened to Bray Wyatt being in that whole Ziggler Dean Ambrose feud, I have no idea. He's now up trying to get, you know, Randy Orton, so that doesn't make sense. I, I would have thought Bray Wyatt would have been involved somehow, some way in their world title picture for September and then maybe AJ for No Mercy or Survivor Series. But it, uh, I don't know, man. I, I, I just feel like AJ needs to have the belt. He's the best worker on SmackDown, probably in the whole company aside from Seth Rollins. So um, I think 
Backlash might be the time, but unless they'll probably wait for that joint pay-per-view at Survivor Series. Yeah, no, I would do it at Backlash. I mean, I guess if they hold off till Survivor Series, the story has to be right. I mean, if they have Ambrose beat him clean, like you said, it makes no sense. He just beat Cena clean at SummerSlam. There's no reason why you should lose to Ambrose clean the next pay-per-view, oh, unless there's some sort of screwy finish. But the guy is just that good, like I said, that he needs to be world champion ASAP. And like you said, he's one of the best wrestlers in the ro- on the roster right now in the entire company. He's just that good. And it's been going back, you know, this has been the, you know, this is Wrestling 101. Babyface and Chase Smoke for a championship is infinitely more interesting than having a heel and Chase Smoke for a championship. And Ambrose himself has always been more interesting in Chase Smoke. A champion, he's good. As a champion, he's good. But when he's contending for that title, he is ten times more interesting. So I would put the belt on Styles as soon as Backlash. Do a rematch at Helm, or, uh, No Mercy, rather. Then you can move on to Styles versus Randy Orton or whoever else. And those matches would be amazing, too. And then beyond that, maybe you do Styles, Cena again, this time for the belt. The, the possibilities are endless with Styles as WWE champion. And the company has enough faith in them. I think that became apparent on Sunday when they had him beat Styles, or rather they had him beat Cena clean. So I think the title win, the title change is only inevitable, but I hope it's soon. it happens as soon as uh, Backlash next month. Could you imagine if, you know, real quick, could you imagine if AJ wins the belt and then he, you know, he'll beat Ziggler, he'll beat Ambrose and whatever. And then lo and behold, John Cena comes back. He wants that world title. He wants that, he wants that one victory against AJ. He's 0-2 right now. And lo and behold, he'll fight AJ for the world title. And John Cena becomes a freaking 16-time world champion. What do you think? <laughs> Dude, you know what? I was thinking about that last week or, or over SummerSlam weekend. And honestly, I don't hate that idea. I think, I'm not, not to say that I'm a Cena fan or anything, but I you know, greatly respect that what he's been able to do, especially over the past year and a half with the U.S. Open and shit. But putting AJ over clean was huge. I mean, we said it last week and you thought it was happening. And credit to you for calling it. I honestly did not think it was possible. I had seen it going over. The guy hasn't won a match at that pay-per-view in six freaking years. But he lost clean on Sunday. So good for him, regardless of whether he's leaving or not next month or two, which it looks like he is, to go film the second season of his show. Um, So that's good. But in the meantime, I think, you know, Take him off TV till November, December, whatever. Have him come back, face Styles again. Third time's the charm. Do the rematch. I would say until WrestleMania. And then do Styles see that WrestleMania? Maybe give a little stipulation or something, a stipulation or whatever. And the match would be great. So, honestly, I know it sounds like predictable, but and it gives Cena that 16th world title, which I think he is winning at some point. I think there's no question about that. Um, I know it, like, it might be a bad idea to some, but I don't think I would hate that. I would, whatever gets us another match between Cena and Styles, I'm all for it. But I don't hate the idea, honestly. I think Smack. Well, I thought SmackDown was better this week than Raw. Uh, what do you think? Agreed. Yeah, I mean, the thing was, was that Raw was good. I was at Raw, but I thought it was just not as... I don't know. I thought SmackDown was just a better paced show. I thought it was a really good show. Raw was solid, too. But SmackDown has just been decimating Raw. And the thing was that the week after the Battleground pay-per-view and the brand split officially went into effect, we're talking about how much Raw dominated SmackDown, SmackDown sucks, whatever. That's what other people were saying anyway. And Raw, yeah, sure, dominated SmackDown that week. But ever since then, SmackDown has been, I think, the better show every single week. And this week it blew it out of the water. I thought SmackDown was really, really good this week. So I look forward to the backlash pay-per-view next month for sure. 
I I I think that uh somehow we gotta we gotta help SummerSlam and the you know being at Barclays it, it's a pretty it, it's an okay arena but I think the seating is so so weird man so steep and I, maybe maybe I'm just a a a, a homer to Madison Square Garden. I think Summer's Land should be at the Garden. NXT, just imagine NXT takeover at the Garden. And that and SummerSlam and Raw all three days at the Garden. But I know the Garden is more expensive to hold an event than Barclays, so maybe that's why they do it. But um I'm not I'm not that much of a fan of the Barclays Center. It's a cool arena, but if you're gonna have SummerSlam, NXT and Raw in three straight days I would say try MSG next year. I don't know. I mean, they have the money. Don't tell me it's too expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, I think they haven't done a televised event there since Survivor Series five years ago in 2011. So, Damn. like you said, I, I, the, the main reason that I keep hearing is that it's too expensive. But um, they did do that MSG live special there. They've done live events there. They did that whole live event that was taped for the network back in October of last year. So... I don't know, maybe it would cost too much to do three shows there, back-to-back-to-back, but I'd be fine if they just did SummerSlam and Royal Barclays and then just take over at MSG or the other way around or whatever. Um, they need to do another you know, televised show there. The network thing was great, but I'm hoping for another pay-per-view at MSG or TakeOver. TakeOver would be amazing. I've never been to the MSG, to the Madison Square Garden, for a wrestling show, um, but for them to do take over their next year, which they probably won't because they already booked Barclays right. until next year. Um, but at some point down the line, they need to go there for a live event, at, you know, hands down. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that that October event was headlined by Brock Lesnar and Big Show. The Big Show. <laughs> <laughs> Notice my tone went high for Brock and went low for the Big Show. So, <laughs> yeah, that was your main event for the Garden, but... Um, Graham, always great talking with you. We, we do this every week for those who haven't noticed. We, we, we review Raw, SmackDown, talk about the world of wrestling um, that happens you know, th- th- throughout the whole week. So, Graham, you're on Twitter at WrestleRant. You do great work for Bleacher Report, Hidden Remote, What Culture. You're, you're all over the place. It was, it was a great opportunity to finally meet you at uh, NXT, right? Or NXT? NXT. I know all the shows like blur together because all three were just insane. But I, I, I think it was NXT on Saturday. Yeah. But it, it was a pleasure meeting you again. We do this every week, so join us here on the Cruise Control Podcast on both iTunes and SoundCloud.com. Download, subscribe, like us, do do all that good stuff to make this program keep on going. Graham, always a pleasure, and I thank you, man. I appreciate it. Definitely do. Like you said, definitely a pleasure meeting you last Saturday. It's been over two and a half years in the in the making, I believe. I think we first hooked up about two and a half years ago when we did our whole WrestleMania 30, uh, WrestleMania 30 preview show, either for your show or Arden's show. I forgot what it was. But uh, it's been many years in the making. Great to finally meet you on Saturday. And one funny little story for you. I texted that picture that we took together backstage or in the hallway at uh, Barclays on Saturday before takeover. I texted that picture to RJ. And he was pissed because he hoped he would be there to meet you at that show. And uh-huh. of course he wasn't there. So he was super jealous. He did not get to meet Randy Cruz on Saturday. But maybe next year. And hopefully we can, uh, you know, we can hook up next year as well before takeover. But as always, dude, thanks as always for having me on. I uh, look forward to next week, too. Definitely, man. Definitely. Yeah, it, it was two years in the making. You know, it wasn't like 15 years in the making with Brock and Orton. <laughs> 
sorry we couldn't live that up to the, to the billing, but uh, it's a pleasure meeting you. Uh, I know we'll, we'll link up with, with RJ down the road. But again, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. I'll talk to you soon. All right.